Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today we are joined by musician, TikToker, Boy Jr. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. And uh, you just released an album earlier this year called Pay Attention to Me. I think there's three E's on that, right? Yes. Great. Great title. So everyone go <laughs> check that out, too. <laughs> Thank you. Um but uh, I'm interested to talk to you because you do a lot of different things. Like I mentioned, you uh, are a musician yourself. You release original music. Mm -hmm. uh, you also do a lot of interesting things on TikTok with covers and sort of stylistic mashups and that kind of stuff, which I think is really interesting to talk about in this context, which is, you know, on this show, we talk about musical taste and the kinds of music that we love. And I think you celebrate a lot of different kinds of music by doing what you do on on all your different platforms. Yeah, thank you. thanks for pointing that out. Oh, of course. Um, well, maybe we can go back to the beginning. When did you start playing music? We're going to go back to the beginning. We're basically going back to the beginning of my existence nice because i i come from a pretty musical family so i feel like i i had like the huge um privilege to just be able to be exposed to different kinds of music and appreciate it but i actually started writing songs when i was a teenager uh and just teaching myself a bit of guitar before mm -hmm. i wound up taking more formal lessons and listening to a lot of pop songs and wanting to write a lot of pop songs yeah was there something in particular that made that was like a trigger for like oh i want to do the that. jonas brothers <laughs> yes so good which which album like what era are we talking um i think i started becoming a fan when they had their, I think it's technically their second record, but it was like mm -hmm. their first like Hollywood records release. Right, it was right, just like right. the self-titled one. Yeah. That self-titled record is legitimately like top 10 albums. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's really, really good. You know, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I feel like now is the time for them to go back to doing this kind of guitar yes! music, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they don't do it, I will. Like I, I, if they, like, oh, I still yeah. want to make music like that. Like at this point, Point, I'm older and like I have so many different tastes that there's like so many things I'm trying to make all the time but like yeah I feel like music like that still really stands out and it's been so many years but if I put the record on I would know every word and oh, I would absolutely. have a blast singing along and I feel like that kind of stuff is coming back right like pop punk kind yeah. of stuff. not that's pop punk but like guitar music yeah is yeah. It I'd call play. it pop punk why not yeah so outside of or after the Jonas Brothers, what sort of stuff were you listening to to really uh, inspire your songwriting? Well, throughout middle school and high school, I mainly like I wrote a lot of songs on acoustic guitar and piano because I, I took piano when I was a kid. In high school, I started to get more into indie rock. And then that was another like tastes changing faster than what I was capable of doing because I was like, mm -hmm. I got like obsessed with the strokes and like garage rock revival stuff. And I really liked the Arctic monkeys and the wombats. Uh, I mean, I still totally do, but I really wanted to make like electric guitar based. Rock. Well, I wanted to be a full band, right. but I was one person <laughs> right. with an acoustic guitar. And I like, didn't really understand how to write music like that yet. That was a, a big gust of wind behind me as I decided to seriously pursue music and go to school for it. I just really wanted to be able to like make stuff that sounded like a full rock band. And I remember starting school, still just playing acoustic guitar, and bringing one of my songs in to... We had this like session where like everybody in the major would like listen to each other's songs and like give feedback. Mm -hmm. 
And I like performed this song on acoustic guitar and I was like, what would make it sound cooler? And everybody's like drums, <laughs> you need drums. You got to learn how to record yourself. Yeah. So now I just do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the album that you put out. Yeah. What sort of vibe are you trying to go with now as a songwriter? And like, how do you feel like you go about achieving that? Uh, The vibe I'm going for is definitely eclectic and fun, high energy, fierce energy kind of stuff. A lot of what is on pay attention to me. It is all kind of in the spirit of like curiosity and exploration and not knowing exactly what I'm doing slash having a lot of different influences. Sometimes I'm very frustrated by the fact that like I can't write every song in the whole world. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, I, I think that's a, that's a big like mantra behind the things that I am making and like the things I've already released and things that I continue to make. I want the songs to be able to be so many things and like achieve so much. Yeah. And also just be fun and like a little different and not exactly like uh, anything else that I have on my playlist, for instance. Gotta have a home in my constantly expanding driving slash running playlist. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, if you're not making music that you want to listen to yourself, you know, what's the point? Yeah. I want to talk about the last song on the album, a hit song from 2016. (laughs) Because I think that's a good bridge to, you know, we'll talk about some of your TikTok stuff. I just love that idea of not only doing this style pastiche of saying, I'm going to make a song that sounds like 2016, <laughs> but just fully embracing it and like calling it yeah, that. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> where, where did that come about? Literally, the story of the song's birth was like, I had plans to spend time with somebody that I was like really looking forward to. And then I got canceled on last minute and I was like, Oh, I'm so sad. Like my whole day is gone. Like I'll get like so sensitive about plans getting changed last minute and and feeling rejected that way is just like the worst thing in the world. So with the whole day free and me feeling really like fixated on this feeling of rejection, I was like, I'm going to, I just have to put it into a song. I'm going to make the really sad feeling into something really fun. For some reason, the idea of like the opposite of that, like really dismal, disappointed feeling was the sound of like music you would hear in forever 21 a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah. It's so funny too, because like 2016 is not very long ago, yeah. but as soon as that song starts, you're like, Oh yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I also was like, Oh, I want to try to see if I can make something that like kind of sounds like radio pop, something that has yeah. marimba and drum machines and vocoder uh, and a little bit of that, like, plucky yeah. guitar. A lot of people in um, the comments are like, oh, this is a Heim song. And I'm like, I guess Oh, yeah. No, I totally hear that. And then kind of in a similar way on TikTok, you do this series of videos about, like, what if X song was by Y musician? Mm-hmm. What if Friday by The Cure was a Carly Rae Jepsen song? And I think it's really interesting in a sense of 
you are having to distill like the most essential elements of a style of a genre of an, an artist and say like, okay, well, how can I take these elements that are most important to that artist and apply it to this other song? So I'm just curious, like how you started doing that and like the way you think about it. And maybe I'm just thinking about it too much. But. <laughs> um, no, it's interesting because it's, it's a huge challenge in not thinking too much. Sometimes when I've done them, I feel like I have to try and like capture lightning in a bottle and do it as quickly as I get the idea and then like leave it be and come back to it and just say like, all right, if someone presented this to me and said like, all right, this is supposed to sound like fill in the blank, whoever, does it pass the test? Because like, I, I will like spend exorbitant amounts of time being like the bass tone isn't exactly like it is in this one LCD sound yeah. system song and people on TikTok are going to know. <laughs> I really just enjoy being able to like kind of pick apart what elements make something be the thing it is known for, be the sound it's known for. And I think similarly to the like novelty and joy of recording myself, it's something, it's a skill that I feel like I like more recently tried to hone in on and really enjoy. And so the fact that I can like do it at all is still, it's just like very exciting. And I really like getting to, continue to like train my ears that way. I think before I was doing like the crossover covers and stuff, I did stuff that was like, this is my impression of like fill in the blank niche genre, like bedroom pop or like, I don't know. Somehow I like heard a song that I knew and I was like, Oh my God, I bet this would work as a different artist. And then realize it's like really, really fun. And there's like endless possibilities. You know, I've seen other people do similar things where they're really not, doing the assignment they're just like singing the melody over another song from a different band and that sucks (laughs) (laughs) so so i do appreciate that you're really like thinking about what is the essence of this band you know what is that bass tone and what is the you know sort of instrumentation and the style of how they would play it and it's really like more thoughtful than just like i'll sing this melody over this chord thank you whatever it it, it means it means a lot to 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 know that details are appreciated i've gotten really really frustrated doing the thing sometimes when it's just like I don't go viral every single time. And that feels like the biggest mark of success in the world. And I see other people do go viral for like things that are less nuanced, but maybe maybe just more um, more obvious to people who um, don't yeah. know the artists as well, possibly. And it's like, I've been so discouraged in the past that it's like, let's be real. Everybody knows when it comes down to it, when you're making music, nobody's going to care as much as you do. Most of what you do is going to be overlooked. You're going to get jealous of everybody unless you truly just enjoy making what you make. So it's a huge added bonus when other people enjoy it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So have you found that doing those sorts of stylistic covers, has that really changed the way you write your original music and the way you think about it? I think so. Most broadly, it's just opened my eyes to so many different ways of doing things. And every time that I record something, it winds up just being a new foray into practicing mixing or trying to teach myself something about mastering. But I also think it's just very helpful to kind of just work on muscle memory or maybe lack thereof, yeah. just because it can be so easy to like write like this, you know, the same song over and over again, more or less, by just rehashing the same ideas you're naturally inclined to come up with. 
and like learning other songs, I think can be such an important way to just sort of like get out of just the muscle memory, um, or, or maybe train your muscle memory to be a little more flexible, I guess. Yeah, totally. So with all that in mind, uh, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> Toxic by Britney Spears. This, this rules. This is such a good pick and shocked, honestly, that no one's picked it before and that no one's picked any Britney Spears song <laughs> yet, which is like a huge oversight. So I'm glad we are rectifying that now. <laughs> Do you have like a memory of hearing this for the first time? I think the first time I ever heard it was when I took dance classes as like a 10 year old. We would do routines to like a bunch of different popular songs and like I was 10 so I didn't really know how to get into music on my own so having like a cool yeah. dance teacher was like the foray into like here's a song that I like well right because when, when Toxic came out I was like a child child right. I didn't know of music or like the radio so that was the first time I heard it and I thought it was so cool and I'd never heard anything like it before and like that yeah. position has not changed since I was 10 yeah totally I feel like even as a like disinterested in pop music I was probably 10 or so when the song mm. came out I remember everyone even like thinking like, oh, no, this is really cool, though. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> this I don't know what's happening here, yeah. but it's different. And it's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The string sample from the Bollywood song, yeah. the surf guitar, like secret agent style guitar. It has all these different elements that I find like interesting in the context of the conversation we were just having about these specific sorts of sounds being bigger signifiers of other like styles, yeah. you know, and that this is doing that all in one yes. song. It has the sort of like trance beat and the surf guitar and the Bollywood string thing and like all mixed together, yeah. you know, and like why that. And I, I also, <laughs> I also feel like it's got some structure elements and chord structure elements that mm. are still very tasty to our ears, especially when we get so used to hearing one song where we are like 90% sure where the chord progression is going to go and where the sections are going to yeah. lead into. I feel like we don't hear a ton of pop songs lately where you get like totally different chord progression. Not like totally different, like like off the walls, doesn't make sense chord progression, right. but like it's different in the chorus. It's just... It, like right yeah the sort of like descending it's a, it's a song you can thing, play yeah. on an instrument and people will know what it is and it doesn't right. rely completely on production yeah absolutely um and there's the one moment where it breaks in the string sample that they've been playing they play it backwards yeah. uh, and that's very cool yeah <laughs> yeah also that melody is just oh that's so fun to sing yeah I love this song. <laughs> yeah, great song. Great pick. Thank you so much for picking that. <laughs> I meant to look this up before so I could like break out this fun fact. I'm like okay. pretty sure I remember reading somewhere that the, the people who like wrote this song or like or, or at least just made the. Um, uh, yeah, the producers Bloodshy and Avant. Oh my God. No, it is them. Do you know Mike Snow? Yes. Yeah, they're they're that's them. them. Yeah. So Mike Snow and then. 
So here's another weirder connection because I was recently on one of our friends' podcasts uh, called Soundtrack Your Life, where they talk about musical movies or movies with music in them. And I was a guest for the music and lyrics episode, the Hugh Grant, Drew Barrymore romantic comedy. Cool. Those songs, a lot of them written by Adam Schlesinger of Founts of Wayne, but a lot of them written by Andrew Wyatt of Mike Snow. He co-wrote Shallow, too, from uh, A Star is Born. Oh, I don't- so they are in Mike Snow together, but not yeah, all okay. the same. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Closely related, but what a super the guy who wrote group. Toxic didn't write Shadow. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, just uh, an amazing super group. What a world. What a, like you wouldn't <laughs> you wouldn't guess. I don't know. That's amazing. Being a songwriter is so ridiculously cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about Toxic and so many other things. Thank you for having me. This was great. Where can people find you online? If you want to check out my formal releases, I'm on all the streaming platforms. It's Boy Junior, B-O-Y-J-R, period. Um, I also have a Patreon. I do full versions of a lot of, like, all the covers we were talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, I also will do these, like, funny, like, novelty songs. I do full versions of those sometimes, too. And I have a little variety show that I put out every month on there. Lots of fun bonus content. My Instagram is boyjuniorofficial. My TikTok is boyjunior.69. Nice. What else? I don't know. I sell merch. I'm on YouTube. I'm playing some upcoming shows soon. Cool. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks so much and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, please uh, subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. Share it with a friend or an enemy or a lover. Uh, And check us out on social media. We're at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight on Instagram, on TikTok, and still Twitter. Get in touch with us and let us know what the greatest song you've ever heard in your entire life is. I want to give a special thanks to Catherine and Izzy who helped co-produce the show, to Skylar Spence whose song Kratos and Love is our theme music, and to you, the listener, for checking us out. Look forward to talking to you next time.